You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Partida Partida podcast, the English-speaking podcast about all things Atleti. Uh, Atleti uh, couldn't make the win uh, yesterday at the Etihad Stadium, but they made quite an effort, uh, played quite a match, and sure made uh, Man City work for it. Uh, and here we are to talk about it today. Uh, joining us is a very special guest. Please welcome Paul. Uh, how's it going, Paul? Hello, it's going very well. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for uh, accepting the invitation and being here with us today. Uh, and of course, uh, here with me is Emmanuel. Uh, how's it going, Emmanuel? Uh, it's going good. And are you at that? <clears throat> Very well. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, Paul, uh, starting with you, uh, please uh, give us a quick review of uh, how you found the, uh, the match from a uh, perspective of a Man City supporter. And uh, who, in your opinion, were the best and worst performers in the team? Sure, yeah. So I, I felt like it was um, it was quite a tentative uh, game to begin with. It felt more like a, a game of chess rather than a football match initially, with the way the the tactics were were set up between the two teams. Um, felt like um, you know you could t- tell that uh, Atleti were um, waiting for an opportunity to try and try and counter, defended well and we're obviously very wary of the likes of uh, Kevin De Bruyne and uh, you know the other stars that, that City have that, that can cause trouble and you could see the shape of the team was was initially to try and uh, stop the service from reaching the, the forwards. Um, as the game went on it felt more like it was starting to open up a little bit like City needed somebody with a bit of pace and a little bit more agility on and uh, the introduction of Phil Foden certainly uh, worked in in City's favour and uh, made us more uh, uh, more fluid, and, and that allowed uh, the lines to be broken a bit, and obviously led to the goal. With it was eight, eighty seconds that Phil Foden had been on the pitch, and he he creates uh, the, the the chance for De Bruyne to uh, to put the ball in the back of the net. It was um, I felt like I say I thought I thought it was a a great uh, tactical duel. It was. Um, it was uh, not. I wouldn't say it was a frustrating game in any way. I think it was quite a, an entertaining one. 
Um, and I'd say probably the standout performers probably would be Kevin De Bruyne for me, uh, for City. Um, and then the, I don't know if it was really a, a worse performer, but I felt a little bit like um, in the middle of the park, uh, perhaps Gundogan probably could have got a bit more involved um, for, for City. Um, but, but again, I, I feel like Atleti, uh, they did all, they all followed the game plan and played well as well. So you've got to give uh, Atleti credit. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's nicely poised for a, a beautiful second leg. Uh, absolutely, and uh, like I said, it, it felt more like chess with the uh, the clash of styles. Uh, uh, I mean, we're, we're uh, familiar with, with that type of match. Uh, Atleti usually play like that against big teams, and uh, we saw it against uh, Pep Guardiola as well uh, in 2016 uh, against Bayern mm. Munich. And uh, it, it was a very similar uh, kind of game uh, where Atleti weren't uh, like they were happy to, to sit back and invite the pressure and ready for that counter uh, to come in and you know to, to deliver a blow uh, but this time uh, they were just not as clinical uh, on the counter and uh, just couldn't uh, man city didn't really give them a lot of opportunities uh, to work with uh, so it was quite a uh, quite a uh, solid display from the defenders as well for Man City, uh, especially with the absence of the uh, usual uh, leader of the back line, uh, Robin Diaz. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in the pre-match press conference, Guardiola had made it pretty clear that he was wary of the threat that uh, Atleti posed. And, and I think some of the, the questions that the journalists asked him beforehand was... Um, I wouldn't say it was so much disrespectful towards Atleti by suggesting that you know they they, they play a cynical style of football, but you could tell that that Guardiola w- was taking the game very seriously, and he, he was wary that without the likes of, of Ruben Diaz, who has such a commanding presence, like you mentioned there, or even the pace of Kyle Walker, um, you know, the 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 way that we set up with, with um, uh, effectively a, a makeshift defence, you know, Nathan Ake. Uh, Emmerich Laporte, uh, John Stones and Jao Cancelo, they had to stay compact and they had to keep composed throughout the game um, because, you know, the likes of uh, Jao Felix and uh, Antoine Griezmann are going to cause anybody trouble. Um, and then for me, I remember thinking to myself when um, Simeone made the triple substitution and he brought uh, Correa on in particular, I thought this could be um, really quite dangerous for us because, you know, Correa is so... Um, he, he he's so smart. He boxes clever. He he knows when to time his run, um, and and I, I feared for his pace up against the likes of John Stones. But as you mentioned there, I think the the City defenders they they all um, did what the manager asked, and and they they stuck together well. Absolutely. Um, so uh, that uh, t- covers it for the uh, Man City perspective. Let's talk about it from a an Atletico perspective, uh, Emmanuel. Uh, what are your thoughts about the uh, the Atletico the Atletico display? Well, I think from the way Atleti approached the game, it was pretty obvious that Cholo was looking for a goalless draw or for his team not to lose that game. Given there is no away goal and coming back to the Metropolitano with a zero zero or at the worst case scenario, which happened a one goal defeat would not be bad and that is what he achieved and I don't think he was happy in that. To be honest, Aleti kind of defended brilliantly because I ju- just checking now, you see City, I think this is the game in which City had their lowest, I think maybe penalty box, box touches and maybe also expected goals because they really were where the Aliti defended brilliantly and City did not have a lot of opportunities to take the lead or maybe enjoy their game as they used to. Yes, they had a lot of the ball, but they always like to have the ball in those interiors that they have spaces where they are playing a fullback making an outside in run and missing the ball and giving a cutback. They did not have so many of that against Aliti, which says the game was not an easy one for them. And from a little perspective, well, there were quite some things I was not really happy with. But at the end, it doesn't matter much. For example, 
we did not have a lot of of numbers ahead to counter attack and that was not just down to the fact that we concentrated a lot of defending but also down to city because the press was really aggressive there were moments in which we could not even string five passes together and that was thanks to city's pressing but there were moments in which we beat the press and our decision making on those moments is what really got me angry because for example you have a sequence in the first hour where little were able to play their way out of city's press something was really won the english media about and then the pass was to pass to find a runner was just really really poor because he was clearly offside but with a swift play and aliti have a chance there aliti had their moments on the counter but the decision makings were not great but overall they defended well and i was really impressed with philippe's decision with philippe's performance because that was shocking given how he has performed this season well i wasn't expecting him to be that good and as for city goal i noticed something which i think is a move in basketball which is somehow continue, somehow similar to screen where a player is moving forward with the ball and you have another player shielding the marker so that he can move into space and that was similar to de bruyne's goal because well foden attracted many players to himself creating space for de bruyne to run into which was great but the pass into de bruyne meant he had no he had a smaller angle to aim to the goal but Felipe's reaction to closing down was delayed by Jesus's presence because it was kind of if I close him down he may give a a back pass and Jesus may have it and that was that kind of gave De Bruyne a little bit of space for him and time for him to shoot on goal so it tells you how tight the game was and the finest margin define define the game because imagine if Jesus was not there or Felipe did not really pay most attention to you would have closed that down and maybe that could have not been a goal but yeah overall i'm not really that angry with the performance as most are behaving on twitter because aliti really did quite well the aim was to not allow city have the ball in the areas where they are most threatening and that's at the edge of the penalty box that's in the circle and also in the aspaces and i think for over 90 minutes aliti really achieved that and aliti has still in the time yeah, it's very much uh, still all to play for uh, in the second leg, uh, especially in the uh, Wanda Metropolitano. Uh, Atleti, uh, well down, uh, I, I don't think they're uh, out of it at all. And uh, uh, we they're going to have, uh, you know, some very important players uh, back for the uh, second leg. Uh, hopefully Jimenez uh, can make it in time for, for, the, uh, for the tie. Uh, and Carrasco, who was uh, uh, suspended uh, because of the red card he got against Porto, uh, will return for the second leg as well. So uh, he can uh, provide some very uh, needed, uh, you know, uh, help for the Atleti defense because he can dribble uh, higher up the pitch and allow uh, the players to uh, maybe uh, take. Uh, Take a breath uh, out of the uh, uh, Man City immense pressure, uh, so that uh, certainly could help. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we do see uh, Atleti give uh, another great fight in in the second leg. Um, so uh, back to Paul. Uh, Man City uh, only had two shots uh, on target uh, in in the uh, in the match yesterday. Uh, do you think it was uh, down to uh, Pep maybe uh, not getting the style right or, uh, you know, maybe some players not uh, ticking or, you know, being extra careful uh, not to give Atleti uh, spaces on the counter or was it just Atleti being really good at ge uh, keeping the attack at bay and not allowing any shots coming in? I think it was... Um... Probably a combination of the three points you make there, if I'm being honest. Atleti was so compact, and if you look at the heat map, and you can see there's basically the, the, the two rows, and they're in the, the, the no, there's no coincidence about the fact that they're in the two areas where City are most effective. So the, the, the bank closest to the, the goal, obviously City try and uh, uh, fill that area with the likes of Sterling and Bernardo Silva, these small, nimble attacking players, because you know, this season in particular, Guardiola doesn't have um, a recognised striker to call upon. So the idea, and you see it a lot in um, the Premier League games, uh, City will effectively line up with four players in and, in and around the back line. Um, and then 
slightly more uh, deeper than that, where the second bank is on the heat map for the Atleti um, defence. Well, it's really the midfield, isn't it? Um, that tends to be the, the avenue that Kevin De Bruyne likes to start his moves from. So, you know, you can see that, that uh, Simeone had uh, sought to, to distract City um, and, and not allow them to play their game, which, you know, definitely they were successful in for the most part. And I think onto the other point, you know, Guardiola was obviously um, cautious of the, the counter-attack. Um, we saw how dangerous, um, in particular, with, with the likes of Griezmann. I think it was in the first five or ten minutes of the second half. Um, the ball breaks, doesn't it? And uh, Griezmann's uh, on through and it's it's down to Gundogan to, uh, I think he, he shoves him in the back, really, doesn't he? And the ball goes out of play. But, you know, if Griezmann had just a, a fraction more pace on him, he would have been clear through and, um, you know, would fancy him to score in a one-on-one situation against Edison. Um, so, yeah, I think um, Atleti need to, uh, you know, people should recognise the, the, the great work that, um, Simeone's side did in, in stopping City from playing their usual style but I think as well um, you know part of what we saw yesterday was um, due to the way that Guardiola um, was was trying to not give Atleti the opportunity um, to to counter one of the things um, that, that we hear about over here I, you know uh, City um, my local team that the club I've supported all my life and I know people um, you know who News travels fast around here from in and around around uh, the club, and uh, one of the the sort of the ways of, of Guardiola's coaching uh, now is you don't often see City players uh, shooting from outside the box, um, despite how talented they are, because in training he he basically in, insists that you can only shoot if there is an eighty percent probability that you will score. If it's anything less than eighty percent, you have to pass to somebody else. So it's more of a perhaps more of a conservative approach that we're seeing these days from City as opposed to two or three years ago, a season when um, Guardiola, you know, we reached 100 points. That was more free-flowing and, and he, it gave his players a lot more um, freedom to uh, to shoot from wherever they felt necessary. But he's, he, it, for whatever reason, probably because we don't have an out-and-out striker now, uh, he has put his, uh, his foot down a bit and, and um, put in this rule in place where you know, if you think there's an 80% chance of you scoring, then you're allowed to take the shot. But if not, you have to pass. Yeah, that's a very interesting approach, uh, especially with uh, Man City not really having any uh, margin for error uh, in the Premier League with uh, Liverpool being right on their tail. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this this week um, that started with the, the home game against Atleti, we, you know, it, it's probably the most important week or two weeks of, of our season now because it's it was Atleti uh, yesterday, it's Liverpool this weekend in the Premier League, it's Atleti again in the Champions League and then it's Liverpool in the FA Cup, you know, so it's, uh, this is a real test of how good the team are and how, uh, you know, how much the, the squad can work together, so it's uh, it's not the time for taking any unnecessary risks, I think, and um, yeah, it's... Uh, I think in in two weeks' time we will know just how good this team really are, um, because you know they may be points ahead in the the Premier League. They may be through to, you know, I know I know it's not what you want to hear on an Athletic podcast, but they may be through to the the semi-finals of the Champions League. We don't know, and they may be through to the final of the FA Cup if they get the right results in the next three games. Um, it could end in failure as well. So I think, yeah, as you're right in saying, there's there's no room for there's no margin for error at the moment, and I think that's reflected in the way Guardiola's setting the team up. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, if if there's any team uh, in the world uh, I'd bet on uh, to make it through all all of these tests, uh, it'd probably be Man City. Uh, <laughs> you know, considering the uh, the incredible depth uh, in the squad that they have currently. Uh, so yeah, I think they're up to the task, and you know, uh, I mean, I certainly don't hope that they do that they do uh, <laughs> go go through into the semi final, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, would you like to add anything to what uh, Paul said? Yeah, Paul just mentioned something very important, which I think many are negating. And like he said, the game was not boring. He said something. I think if you look at Man City's games this season. 
and he rightly mentioned they are not as free flowing as the 100 points and that's because Guardiola is trying to have more control on games trying to not give the ball away too much because he knows what has happened in the past when on doing counter attacks so in that game i think Paul Riley said the city were also very cautious of Valencia if you look at the average position of the team members from each team you see that both teams are compact that means for example Aliti are deep in their half years but that of city they are around the midfield and they are compact this is which gives more which gives more points to, to what um, Paul just talked about and i think that something needs to be said about the fact that in football you don't just defend without the ball there's also defending with the ball and you look at city they have less verticality in the way they build up if you watch their games again, you think they press them high because they are they know vertical passes are good, but they know a combination of horizontal passes will then give birth to a vertical pass which is very which is which has a higher probability of meeting the player who is to receive the ball. So yeah, like said at the beginning it was a game of chess and both teams had their way of achieving things and those city had the ball, they do not receive the ball in areas where they like and luckily for Aliti, City are having a tough time, tough run like you just said they are playing Liverpool this weekend and later on you have Aleti and then Liverpool again. So it will not be easy and he's going to be up to Pep. He wants to win all and like you said, if there's one thing you will back in City because of how good they are and the depth they have, but I you will not be surprised in him making rotations because he will have to prioritize certain tournaments. Very well. Um so uh, moving on to the uh, next point. Uh Paul, I, I'd like uh, to hear your thoughts about this. Uh, there, there seems to be quite a uh, a big deal about Atleti's style, uh, especially in the English media every time uh, Atleti are up against a big team, uh, especially an English team in, in the Champions League. Uh, what are your thoughts about the, uh, you know, the different approach to the game, uh, especially uh, in contrast to the, uh, you know, free-flowing style of Pep Guardiola? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I should uh, start this off by saying I think that the the way that the English media portray Atleti is uh, is wrong. It's uh, it's lazy journalism and it's uh, completely unjustified. You know, they they Atleti are wrongly portrayed as being this, um, you know, this this archaic, slow, uh, attritional team, and they're not. You know, it. it we saw that last night. If any anyone you know watching that game, you know, it doesn't matter if you're an Atleti fan or a City fan. If you actually watch the way it played out, it's a Atleti are a, are a very clever, measured, and tactically um, astute football team. So it's it, like you know it's it's almost hypocritical that English media, you know, the country where we've seen managers like Sam Allardyce, who week on week would put a back four with five five midfielders and one striker and just hit a long ball up to the striker. It's hypocritical of the English media to uh, to have a go at Atleti like that. But I would say, you know, um, it was like, you, you know, you, you're talking in the wild where you get animals like the crocodile who will wait and he'll wait until the till its prey is, is so close and he and he's sure when he strikes he, he knows he's going to get it and that's the way I see um Atlasi playing. Um like I was saying to you, they're, they're patient, they wait for the opportunity and it was a case of um you know they're so well drilled, well organized and a lot of that comes from obviously from Cholo, but it, it's also that the players themselves deserve some credit for that. I would say that um you know in the in the Premier League we do face some teams that will come to the Etihad you know particularly teams at the bottom of the league you know they they will come here knowing or almost knowing that they're not going to to win the game and it's not I me mean, being arrogant by saying that it's you look at the the starting 11 of City plus the bench versus the starting 11 of say I don't know Burnley or a team like that and they they come to the Etihad trying not to concede too many goals because obviously in the Premier League goal difference is a is you know it's almost worth an extra point, particularly in the relegation zone. So City are used to dealing with compact teams at home. The trouble is the vast majority of teams that come to the Etihad in the Premier League who play so compact are not nearly as good at defending as the likes of uh, Atletico Madrid with the talent that you have in, in in terms of. I mean, we 
I'm old enough to remember Stefan Savic playing his one season at Manchester City and he was terrible for us. But he was only you know, 19, 20 years old at the time, maybe even younger. Um, we're talking 10 years ago now. So um, he's, tw- he's improved so much since he left. Um, that, you know, he, he deserves more credit. And so you've got players like him, big personalities. Um, so it, it's always going to be difficult for even the best, you know, the best attacking players in the world, or you know, the best creative players like Kevin De Bruyne. He, you know, he was having to work as hard as I've seen him work, you know, to try and find a way through, to try and pick the lock. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I think the criticism Atlas you get is unfair from the, the English press, but uh, it's also you should take it maybe as a compliment that uh, Atleti are so. Um, good at being able to frustrate the creative teams yeah absolutely and uh, th- there's uh, from from a Atleti fan perspective uh, I think there's a, a a bit of pleasure that comes from from all the trash talk that the team gets uh, the the fact that uh, Atleti not or not only are uh, you know frustrating the big teams but uh, uh, the fact that they're, you know, uh, considered up there uh, among the best, uh, biggest players, uh, biggest teams in the world, and uh, the fact that they have this style that, uh, you know, uh, they're very associated with, uh, that they've sort of made their own uh, in, in the past years, uh, it's... Uh, like it definitely isn't everybody's cup of tea, but uh, you know, seeing it uh, from a uh, from a fan of the team, uh, there uh, it definitely you know gives some uh, pleasure uh, seeing uh, the uh, the uh, the players line up uh, very compactly and uh, you know uh, always uh, stick uh, to the to the lines, not uh, not. To get out of them and uh, you know stick into the uh, Simeone uh, you know uh, words in in training uh, and uh, like I said the players definitely uh, deserve uh, a lot of credit uh, for uh, uh, I mean it's uh, a quite a tough system uh, to implement uh, for 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 cello uh, like uh, like i said uh, there's a lot of lazy arguments that anybody could go out there and just defend with 11 players uh, but it takes just so much uh, uh, discipline and uh, so much uh, belief in in the uh, uh, in the coach uh, to be able to to uh, you know uh, continue uh, to to implement that system and uh, have it be successful uh, every time. So uh, I mean, uh, all all these points uh, I think play in in Atleti's favor in those arguments. Absolutely, I think you should. Um, you know, you can take pride in the fact that all the things that the team has achieved over you know the, the years under Simeone, not just in terms of the, the the title win or anything like that, just the fact that you know being able to break the mold. And not just doing it whilst, you know, there are two clubs in in the league with significantly larger budgets than, than Atleti, but by being able to do it and playing in a style that is, um, you know, it's it's doing it your own way. You know, be proud of the fact that you've been able to um, disrupt the other clubs in, in, you know, not just La Liga, but in, in world football now by playing a style that is, um, you know, unique to, to yourselves. It's... Um, is is something that yeah I think Cholo you know he I'm I'm one of these people who I don't know what what you two feel about this but I, I believe that the likes of uh, Jose Mourinho is um, obviously past his best now as a manager but he was always a coach where his teams would usually only win one nil or two nil and they would always play four two three one and it would be uh, a large imposing striker and maybe you know two robust holding midfielders. And yeah, he'd get you know one nil or two uh, two nil, um, you know, grinding out results, and he'd win his trophies that way. Well, Simeone has been able to grind out results and and keep a disciplined team and keep a united dressing room by playing various formations over the years. He has evolved, and for me, that makes him a significantly better manager than Jose Mourinho. Without even you know, he's not got half the trophies to his name, but he he has achieved, in my opinion, he's achieved so much more in terms of the impact that he's been able to uh, have 
um, not just on on the football club um, at Bessie, but it, the way that he's been able to have an impact in Europe. Um, and he's he's caught people's attentions. And yes, some people might be frustrated watching Atletico Madrid, but um, you can't help but be impressed with with the uh, the achievements uh, that the team has made over. You know, we're talking near enough ten years now, aren't we? So it has been ten years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, very high praise uh, coming from you, Paul. Uh, and uh, yeah, like, like I said, uh, a lot of pride com- coming from, uh, for that from the uh, the uh, athletic perspective. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, anything to add uh, to the uh, to the point? Yes. Well, like Cookie said last season, we are lazy and we are at our best when our backs are against the wall. And it seems the English media is putting us in a similar situation. So that's really their problem because. They keep on coming up with things like you have anti-football. Yeah, I believe everybody has the right for an opinion, but when they keep on coming up with their anti-football stuff, well, I don't think like many have stated on Twitter today there's anything like anti-football because there's no, no one way to play for Football becomes boring, in my opinion, when it becomes un- uncompetitive. To be honest, I'm not a fan of seeing you see a team go and they keep on, they say, yes, you want to play offensively. Like Paco Jamais, since Rayo Vallecano used to do in La Liga, and they keep on having six zeros, seven zeros. Well, in my opinion, that's that's because it becomes uncompetitive, but you have to look for a way to compete. It's like going to fight a war and you are going head on with your opponent, you know that they have more arsenal than you, and you obviously know the outcome of such results. So, what they say about reality is not the first time, not the second time, but that's their business because you have seen teams in the past use similar approach and they have labeled it as. They are making an effort, but the issue is, I think most of them speak from the fact that they have not made a lot of background research about Aliti. And like Paul rightfully said, it's lazy journalism. Because if you look at Aliti's background, no offense to City, but compared to the amount of money City spend on players, Aliti can do that. No, Aliti has spent a hundred million on Felix, but that's basically just taking the money they got from this man and they paid on Felix, and that's to enable them to take they are the top, and to be honest, without Felix, Aliti's recent run, we all know what would have happened to Aliti because he's been the key man for Aliti in Aliti's unbeaten run they had before the play city. So, whatever the English media say, well, that's their business because I know, in my opinion, they have, I think there's a lot of lazy journalism there, and everybody is just looking to make the headlines, and that is bad because, in my opinion, journalists are the people who give the people like you and I news and least if they keep on feeding things like that to the people who watch the news regularly what do you expect you expect what you see on twitter people saying things like anti-football people saying things that you wonder if they reason before saying so uh again uh op- opening up uh, spaces would be playing right into their hands uh so uh, with that in mind uh atleti might have to uh open up a bit more uh, in the second leg uh to get the uh, an equalizing uh, goal in uh, on aggregate uh so with that in mind uh paul uh what what do you think uh, how do you think uh, man city will approach uh, the second leg and uh, w- would it be anything similar to what is, uh, we saw yesterday or would you change anything um, so I have been thinking about this, and uh, I still can't fully decide on, um, you know, what what would be the best approach. I think Kyle Walker being available, he has to start, um, and I think the back four would probably be Walker, Stones, Laporte, and Cancelo, and you'd have Rodri just sat in front of them so that it could it would flex where Walker and Cancelo would move into the midfield when we had possession and Rodri would drop into the defence. Um, and I think the idea would be to try to, to try and tease Atleti to, uh, to, to come out as knowing that, you know, one goal for you would, uh, would make this a, a tie that you, you can believe you can win and that plays into our hands. But I also think that, you know, we have to be cautious from a city perspective. We have to be cautious of the fact that, the one nil from the first leg is actually something that Simeone is is quite pleased about, you know. Um, and I think if if uh, anything, um, there's there's no team in in European football I think that that knows more about how marginal results can be. 
Uh, it's so important for City to uh, to try and get the early goal, um, but Guardiola won't take too much of a risk. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we saw Phil Foden start the second leg, um, possibly at the expense of um, Raheem Sterling. And that might sound counterintuitive because you think Sterling's got the pace, but we're not going to be looking necessarily to, to try and make runs in behind on the counter-attack because we have the likes of Kyle Walker and Cancelo who can get up and down the pitch pretty quickly and the the likes of Cancelo in particular, whichever he's played on, either left or right, he's he's more when he's got the ball at his feet, he plays more like a like a midfielder than a than a fullback. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Phil Foden starts and maybe Guardiola is even tempted to play like a Foden and a false nine, which he's I think he did it against Dortmund uh, last season uh, in the Champions League. Um, yeah, I think we won't be taking too many risks, but our aim will definitely be to try and get an early goal. And if we can't get that early goal, and the longer the game goes on, um, the more I think uh, Atleti will stand a better chance. And, you know, I think we have to be very wary of um, the threat from set pieces that uh, that Atleti pose. Um so yeah, I think I think it could be another game where we we sit back and we think that's not a game of football, that's a game of chess. You know, I think it's going to be one of those games, um, and I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's the the best kind of uh, of matches, really. Uh, not uh, not necessarily uh, the the ones uh, that neutrals would uh, would enjoy the most. Uh, but the uh, certainly a lot to be enjoyed there. Uh, not the uh, not the matches most filled with goals, maybe, but definitely a a very interesting uh, clash between the teams. Um, and uh, yeah, be- before I uh, continue with anything, uh, we have a uh, a very uh, strict rule uh, which we don't really list uh, on the podcast, which is that uh, it's uh, prohibited to mention the uh, Champions League finals. So. Uh, maybe um, uh, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's the uh, uh, keep keep that in mind for for the hearts of the athletic supporters uh, listening to that. <laughs> um, so uh, you, you mentioned uh, Kyle Walker and uh, Cancelo uh, playing uh, in the uh, in the second leg. Uh, Walker uh, obviously returning uh, after the, serving the uh, three match uh, suspension, uh, similar to uh, what happened with Carrasco. And uh, in your opinion, uh, would it be wise uh, to have the uh, two of them uh, playing, uh, uh, st- starting the the second leg, uh, with the uh, uh, with the idea in mind that Atleti will try to counter, uh, and uh, you know maybe uh, bo- both of them aren't really the the most sound defensively, and uh, you know uh, obviously Carrasco will be back uh, like I mentioned, so and he's definitely a nuisance for for any uh, for any fullback. Uh, so uh, do you think it's wise uh, to start both of them, or do you think uh, uh, maybe Guardiola will stick with Ake, who had quite the uh, performance yesterday? Yeah, I mean, the more I see of Nathan Aki, unfortunately he doesn't get to play as much as we would like, but the more I see of him, the more I like him. My my feeling is that, that Walker will play, and, and he'll play because he is the, as far as I can see, he is definitely the fastest sprinter that we have in the squad. And if you're going to play on the counter-attack, we need somebody who can, you know, keep pace with, uh, you know, Carrasco, Correa, Joe Felix, whoever it is that's that's trying to break through. Because John Stones and Emirate Laporte are never going to, uh, never going to catch anyone in a in a race. So uh, that's that's why I think Walker will play, and I think yeah, Cancelo will play on on the other on the other side. I th- I think the the ruling w- would probably be a case of when one goes forward, the other one stays back. So it will probably be that Cancelo tucks in, and maybe you see him lining up when we're in possession at least, you'll see him standing closer to where like Rodri is or maybe where you'd expect to see um, almost a mirror of where Kevin De Bruyne is when we're pushing forward. And, and Walk will probably, instead of being out wide at right back, he might he might come more central just to, to help uh, the two centre-halves um, be, you know, uh, be wary of any pace uh, on the counter. Um, and uh, and another question I had for uh, the for the second leg is uh, 
uh, do you think uh, Robin Diaz will, will be available uh, for the for the second leg? Uh, I, I don't know uh, if he'll if he'll return uh, from the injury uh, in time for for the, for that. Uh, but if he doesn't, uh, what 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 do you think Pep will will uh, will go for uh, for the defense? I I'm really hopeful that that Ruben Diaz will will be back, but everything I'm hearing is that no it it will be too soon for him um and we you know he's he's so he's so important for us um that we we won't want to take any risks with it because it because it's a muscular problem uh, we won't want to try and you know take any unnecessary risks um so i think it will be stones on the port and you know that guardiola likes it when he's got a left footed center half playing next to a right front it's footed centre half because it, it makes it easier for them to receive the ball um and, and turn and play out quicker. He, he tried to do it, you know, pretty much um everywhere he's gone. Um which is why I think when he when he first came to, to City, so we're talking twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, we didn't really have um a capable left footed centre half. So what he was doing is he was playing Alexander Kolarov as a left footed centre half. Um which uh, surprised a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be Stones and Laporte. Um, Laporte, on his day, I think Laporte is probably one of the the best, uh, most consistent um, defenders in, in, in Europe. And he perhaps gets overlooked quite a lot. I know perhaps maybe for Spain he hasn't really shown his quality, but he's not necessarily needed to in a, in a Spain shirt just yet. But... But he is uh, a very underrated or underappreciated uh, central defender, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, any long-time uh, followers of Atleti will, uh, will remember him uh, from the Atleti club uh, days. And uh, uh, they were, he was even linked with, with the team quite a few times uh, to, uh, to replace uh, João Miranda. So, uh, yeah, uh, Atleti are definitely familiar with, the, with Laporte and uh, the quality that he possesses. Um, so, uh, Emmanuel... Uh, uh, what do you think of uh, Atleti's approach to the to the second leg? Well, before I talk about Atleti's approach, I would like to add a few things to how I think City will approach the second leg. And I agree with everything Paul said. And one of and one and the point I want to emphasize on is the fact that City have a one goal, so I don't think Pep will risk it too much. And in a much as many people may not understand or like what I'm going to say now, City are going to be the one who are going to try not to overcome that means not to attack a lot try to control the game half as much of the ball as possible if there's an opening yes they take it that means it's going to be basically similar to what Aliti do but in the opposite way in such a way that they have much of the ball but they look for the right moment to attack as opposed to Aliti where we sit defensively and when we win back the ball if there's an opening that's when we strike so that's what I expect to do and as for Aliti I will be expecting a similar approach to that of Liverpool in the group stages where I'm expecting the ball to start because his passes are going to be key in that game. Especially when Aliti have the ball on transition to find Felix, the runs of Felix and Griezmann. But I, even though you mentioned Carrasco and Jose Man may be back, but I would still like for Aliti to maintain basically the same starting line lineup with just maybe the ball coming from Vachaliko and Lorente playing as a right wing back, but with the role of him having the freedom to move higher up the pitch. And that's because I, I think Aliti, that gives Aliti threat on both on board wings because you have those runs from Lodi, which he pulls in behind the fullback. And like if it was cancelled, that could have worked brilliantly, but I, like Walker will be back. So you have to be a full racer. I think Walker will always be keeping an eye on him, but having a threat on both sides kind of unsettled City's defense, especially like you mentioned, without their commanding leader, Ruben Diaz. But like I said, I will expect Pep. To put a lot of players who are very very good on the ball like he said put bringing in food in players who are very comfortable with the ball and bringing in player who possesses less like of losing the ball like players you know who always driven one one situation and the rest so i expect a little to basically play similar to what they did in the first league but with a more attacking intent that's to try to do choose their moment to press i think and a little make use of the 
the 12 man which are the fans and it's similar to my united i expect that the first 10 minutes both teams will, will be trying to nick in the first goal because it's you know the first goal kind of drop a little morale and a little know a second goal kind of uncertainty and disrupt that game plan as they will be forced now to maybe overcommit and then we can see those mistakes and like Pep said it's silent city for it for them in the champion league they have not had a lot of experience as like Aliti so Aliti maybe making it one one kind of unsettled them given the fact that yeah they are world class players but it's always about getting useful for example the team we don't like to talk much about Real Madrid you see them year after year the mentality they have in Champions League game is as if they were they were made to play that's because of the experience the club has in that competition. So there are a lot of factors to play out against City, but I'm pretty much expecting Aliti to see all to see the best version of Lorente, the best version of all the players in the return leg. And I say the ball because I know he's not just a magician or on the ball, but off the ball he does a lot too. Well, um so uh let's uh, let's talk about uh, another thing uh, for the second leg uh we uh, we covered uh, uh, the uh, the absence of uh, Roman Diaz uh, in the second leg uh, but another uh, player that will miss the second leg from Man City uh, is uh, Gabriel Jesus who uh, got a yellow card uh, yesterday and uh, will uh, will be suspended in in the second leg uh, Paul, do you see that affecting uh, Man City a lot? And uh, you know how how important is he in in, in the squad uh, uh, to uh, to uh, Pep Guardiola? Um, I think yeah. So with with Jesus, it's a, a difficult one to really measure how uh, how much we will miss him. And I say that because yeah, he's he's a fantastic footballer, but he's he's not featured. Uh, very much the season in comparison to what we might have expected. You know, he he is a striker, but he his his better games this season have been on the wing, and unfortunately, we have you know so many wingers that that are out, uh, much better wingers than he is. So um, I don't even. I think even if he was available, I think maybe he would have just been used uh, as a sub. Um, to tell you the truth, and it's not because he he he's not good enough or anything. It's just stylistically, um, and what we what we need to try and get from the second half, uh, second leg. Um, I think you, you know it's it's probably players that can hold onto the ball a bit better than he can that would have would have been playing ahead of him anyway. So Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, um, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, you know they hold the ball up uh, a lot better than Jesus does. And because City don't necessarily play with a target man um, or on the, the... I mean, the last player we had that played on the shoulder of the striker was Aguero, and that was more a couple of years ago rather than last season's Aguero. Last season's Aguero obviously was was older and, and uh, was much more conservative with his runs. Um, so, yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that the... the that, and I like Gabriel Jesus, but I don't think we will miss him too much in the second leg, if I'm honest. Um, so it, yeah, it's going to be one of those games where um, you may see a goal come from the likes of Bernardo Silva or a Phil Foden, or possibly a, possibly even a set piece. Um, you know, I, I I'll be honest with you. First and foremost, I think both teams are going to score in the second leg, so it's just going to be a case of who scores more. Uh, yeah, I certainly uh, wouldn't be surprised at all uh, to see a uh, a goal from a set piece uh, from Man City. Uh, you have both uh, Stones and uh, Laporte, uh, great uh, presence in uh, on on the uh, in the aerial aerial duels, uh, and even Rodri uh, can uh, score uh, quite a bit. And uh, you know we saw that uh, in in Atleti Shore as well. Uh, so. Uh, uh, like I said, uh, it's likely that both teams uh, will will be scoring uh, in the uh, in the second leg. Uh, Atleti, uh, well, uh, definitely you know don't go out and you know play very offensively, but they are they do attack uh, more comfortably uh, at home. Uh, you know with the uh, with the Wanda Metropolitano uh, you know behind them, and uh, obviously uh, Simeone steering the orchestra that is the crowd. Uh, so uh, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how how the how the uh, game plays out. Uh, 
uh, and uh, you know Man City, uh, like you mentioned, uh, have a, a very important test uh, coming their way uh, before before the second leg, uh, which is uh, a match against Liverpool. Uh, how much do you see? Uh, how much do you see uh, this match uh, coming? Uh, right between the two legs uh, affecting the the team and uh, you know do you think uh, you know it, it'll be a bigger test uh, mentally or physically oh it's a, it's it's a huge test um you know uh, like I was saying at, at the beginning the the uh, two weeks that were at the beginning of here really um are absolutely the most important part of um the season for city um i think because because the liverpool game is a it's a must not lose game rather than i mean obviously we want to win it but a draw is not necessarily a bad thing for us um i know there might be some city fans that, that disagree with me on that but I, I think we can afford to um to try and draw against Liverpool. Not that I wanted to, obviously I want us to try and win. So I expect that there will be some players who um, are rested against Liverpool on the weekend with the Champions League game uh, in mind. Um, so I think you're probably going to see, on the weekend you'll probably see somebody like Zinchenko play or um, Fernandinho. Um, which means that there should be some fresh legs or some rested legs um, for the second leg. But, this is this is looking at the the stats from the game on UEFA's website. City only, I mean, we had seventy percent possession or sixty eight percent possession last night, um, but we only actually ran uh, one kilometer more than Atleti. So, I don't know if tiredness in in the legs is is something that that um, we'll necessarily be worried about, you know, at the sec in the second leg, because it's a case of we we probably may see a similar game where the ball does a lot more of the moving, whereas against Liverpool, it'll be an open game and we'll, we'll probably cover a lot more distance. So it, for, just for point of note, it, City ran a combined uh, distance of 111 uh, kilometres last night. Atleti ran 110. I, I expect against Liverpool that the figure will probably be closer to 140, maybe 145. Um, so it's it will be a tiring experience, but I, I think because against Atleti, the, the ball will do more of the work than, than necessarily some of the players' legs. I, I, I think it, it maybe is more of a mental problem than a physical problem, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I mean, certainly both, uh, both factors uh, are a, a very, a very tough for the players. Uh, and... Uh, uh, like I mentioned, uh, if if there if there's any team who's up to the task, uh, it, it'll, pro it'll probably bet on Man City, uh, mainly because of the depth that that the that they have in the squad and uh, the the amount of quality uh, they have uh, both in midfield and in, uh, up front. Uh, so uh, I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, wish you the best, but not not in the in the second leg. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, Atleti have a an equally important match. Uh, maybe not as tough an, an opponent, but as we saw in the uh, in the Metropolitano in December, they're not a team uh, that you that you would want to uh, count out. Uh, and it's Mallorca. Uh, what are your thoughts about the the game? Well. No game is easy, especially in the second half of the season. Mallorca are fighting for their lives in the relegation zone. It's going to be a tough game, and we are playing against a tough opposition. Maybe not, obviously, not as tough as Man City, but I expect that's a game you expect and it's to win because we are our well, top four is kind of riding on it, and we also have a chance of maybe putting pressure and finishing not just in the top four, but maybe top two. So I expect Aliti to win that game, but well. Like I, like you said, they came to the wonder and the shock also. Also, they are not an opposition to ride to ride off, but they had a change of head coach and somebody new now. And well, I'm on a good run of form, so I'm even though I'm expecting rotations, but I think I have enough to 
win the game, given we have a more stable ability now, and it's not the unpredictable ability we had in December, where you don't know what will happen, you don't know the scoreline, you don't know if Aliti are going to score four and concede four. So, but it's not an easy game, but I expect Aliti to come out with all three points and maybe games for you have Carrasco to maybe warm up for the City game because I'm sure he's going to start. He has not started a lot of games recently, but I think Chudo is going to change him. I also have Punya who I would like, I will not be surprised if he also start and we know how he brings chaos. Another player who I'll be expecting to have some game time against Man City next Wednesday. Uh, there, there's a a point that uh, we uh, we could, didn't really discuss uh, earlier uh, from yesterday uh, yesterday's game, and uh, it's uh, the uh, Simeone su- uh, substitutions uh, and uh, uh, bringing on uh, Konya, Correa, and Paul uh, in the 60th minute. I I think. Uh, and definitely bold uh, sub, uh, subs that uh, felt like he'd uh, go all out and try to get uh, a a goal away from home. Uh, and uh, there's an argument to be made that those subs uh, made the uh, the midfield a bit more unorganized and messy. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts about this, Emmanuel? Well, taking off cookie is always going to is going to is it always a, a tough decision to understand because he's like Aleti don't manage the game well without him and it's like Cholo on the pitch so it was kind of tough but like I saw on Twitter someone said that Cholo lost the game because Cholo lost the game because he wanted to win the game and his decision showed that he wanted to win the game because bringing on the likes of Punya Korea is like giving Aleti more outlets on the counter even though it isn't bear fruits but that's what was supposed to happen well i can't really question but i think the substitutions were not the best like you said it kind of gave city a little bit more freedom in midfield which wasn't ideal especially given how city are a team in which the least bit of freedom and the punish you well those substitutions raise a lot of doubts but when he's cholo and some of his substitutions have raised more doubts but when we saw what happened he got it on, I'm sure he's going to correct that in the second half because to be honest, this season some of his substitutions have really, really, really been poor, especially in a situation where Aliti needed something else, but then he either make bring the wrong personnel or takes off the wrong personnel and things don't work for Aliti. But he's Cholo and those are things he's going to rectify. And also talking about the first leg, I think the first leg was like you said, a game of chess, but also Cholo maybe finding weaknesses in this city side that maybe in the second leg he can you can maybe exploit because it's like studying your opening for the return leg and then you strike harder. Very well. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that covers it all for, for uh, Atleti. Uh, and uh, uh, just uh, one last question uh, before we uh, wrap up the episode. Uh, and uh, uh, Paul, uh, the question on uh, probably every Man City's fan, uh, every Man City's uh, fan's mind uh, at the moment, uh, how likely uh, would it be for uh, Pep Guardiola to go uh, very nervous like he does usually before big games and mess up the uh, the lineup and the tactics uh, <laughs> for the second leg? <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> He's done it enough in big games that, uh, yeah, it's probably quite likely that he may do something uh, unexpected with the lineup. Um, you know, I would have to say it's 50 50 whether he, he names a predictable lineup or whether he, he surprises everybody. Um, and, you know, what he, uh, as he mentioned in the press conference prior to this game, you know, he's accused of overthinking. And, yeah, it feels like that. Uh, as a city fan, to be honest with you, I mean uh, that's what uh, what Atleti fans are betting on the most. Uh, you know, maybe not, uh, maybe not make it, uh, may not make us work as hard as uh, as we would uh, playing the 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 best city side. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we'll have to uh, wait and see what happens uh, for the second leg. But uh, for the time being. Uh, 
I just uh, would like to thank you uh, so much for, for coming, uh, joining us today. Uh, it's been an absolutely breathtaking episode and, you know, brilliant having you, uh, hopefully uh, having you again uh, soon enough. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I've really enjoyed uh, speaking with you both. So uh, anytime you want somebody to come on and talk with you about City or, you know, I have a big soft spot for Real Mallorca too. So uh, anytime you want to talk uh, Spanish football, just uh, just give me a shout and uh, I'd love to come back. Uh, we'd, we'd love to have you back as well. Uh, brilliant episode. Uh, uh, brilliant talking to you. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we do uh, have uh, more conversations in the future. Uh, and of course, uh, thank you, Emmanuel, for uh, for everything today. Well, it's always a pleasure. At, uh, hopefully, Aliti can beat Mallorca and City next week and qualify. So when Paul is only here, he won't laugh as much as he did today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, wish you a lot of smiles, but, you know, maybe not uh, against the play. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, thank you guys for uh, sticking with us. Uh, remember, no can take care and see you in the next episode.